Hey, Willow. Hey, Gene. <laughs> I have not looked forward to a conversation this much in a while. <laughs> well, that is a good sign. Welcome to Bookstabber, folks. I am Willow Payne, creator of The Haunted Skull and artist writer of Library Comic. And I am uh, sometimes Gene Ambaum, the collaborator uh, with Willow Payne on Library Comic. Wait a minute, I just dropped my, I just dropped my pencil. You're the heart and soul of Library Comic. I, I, I'm trying to give myself as much credit as possible, but you should not uh, sell yourself short. I feel like neither the heart nor the soul today. <laughs> well, yes. if, if you like books about people that don't have hearts or souls, uh, have we got a book for you? That's right. Everybody belongs at the public library, including those of us without hearts or souls today. Yeah, this book. We gotta we gotta tell people what book it is. Well, we're gonna we're gonna spoil this book. Uh, it's gonna be insanely spoiled. Uh, we're gonna talk about it for a while. I'm not sure for how long. The book in question is called The Loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson. Published in 2020. Willow, you chose this book. Can I just can we just start with with before we even talk about the book? Can we talk about why you chose this book? I I suspect maybe it's because the cover is so much like the Bookstabber logo, but I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, that's a good guess. Um, Imagine a blustery December. I was in a shop uh, looking for Christmas presents for my loved ones, and uh, there were many books, and this book stood out for no other reason than its cover. I did the thing that you're not supposed to do. I judged a book by the cover. And it's the thing that the bookstore and all the people at the publisher want you to do because that you know they put a lot of money into marketing and graphic design they want you to buy that book off the cover but i looked at the cover of this book i i implore you dear listener to uh to look up the cover to the loop by jeremy robert johnson because you'll see it's a bright red it's got some some red lightning bolts on it (laughs) now gene what book do you thought i was like because clearly i had an idea of what book i was getting do you have any idea what book i thought i was getting (laughs) no i i want to say i want to say anytime you say let's read a book i'm so excited all i look at is the page count and go can i finish this book in time to talk about it (laughs) like in a reasonable time frame (laughs) so so i i learned nothing else about this book i did notice some of the cover cover blurbs but there's no information about what the book's about on the front cover uh and so uh I was just like, huh, well, whatever this is, I'm going to really, really enjoy it, I'm sure. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I thought that this was going to be like a, like a fun, campy kind of time travel thing mm. uh, based on the title and the cover. And yeah. I was extremely wrong. Yeah, the loop would kind of apply wrong. that. I would, I would buy that. Uh, yeah, it's a very strange cover. It's a very strange title. I was expecting something maybe kind of like uh, a book that I really enjoy is uh, Chuck Palahniuk's Rant. With Rant. I don't know if I've read Rant. I've read like three or four of his books. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed them. Um, I, I, I am of the opinion that Rant is his, his best book, uh, although I haven't read anything of his in about 10 years, so it's possible that he's done something I'll enjoy. He did, a, he did a travel book about Portland, uh, Oregon. That is my favorite book of his, <laughs> but it's not. That's fair. I like, I like some of his journalism stuff. Yeah, it's not not to not to shit on his other books, which I which I did enjoy. Um, but but let's uh, instead of dwelling on what could have been, we must face the reality of the book that is. Well, I, 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 but but I want I, it's important for me to say that there's like there's a thing about this book which I'll talk about later, which if I had known it going in would have made this much more enjoyable for me. And and the okay. co- the cover and nothing nothing gives it away, N- nothing nothing explains it. And I, I don't quite know when I'll bring it up in the conversation, but probably early. But but like. I feel like, and this is out of the author's control often, I feel like this this cover is just so misrepresentative of this book. What, what section was it in? Was it in the science fiction section, I assume? But I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, it was a, um, I mean, the bookstore, I think, only really sells, like, fantasy, sci-fi, and YA, so, like, I, I, like if you went there for a John Grisham novel, you wouldn't have been able to find one, so okay. I didn't really, uh, well, hey, good there, news. there weren't really sections. <laughs> I, I yeah you know if this if this cover had like some gore and maybe like a hand pressed up against a, a, a window you know some tentacles maybe like that well that would have yeah that would have explained what the book was this uh, but I also I bet the publishers like oh, those books don't sell well what was um, it I, my question I guess is was it in the horror section but probably but not from what you're saying because it doesn't no huh um. So let, let's do the book talk as we are want to do. I'm, can I'm, I'm, you do the book talk this week? You want me? <laughs> That's fair. Um, let's see. I, am, I, I will do a bad job. I know this in the first ta- and foremost. In, in the small town of Turner Falls, Oregon, there are two main employers. Uh, there's a hospital and some tech company called ImTech. And uh, ImTech has really re- recently made a turn into biotech, which they think is going to solve all of humanity's problems. Now, we don't know any of this going in, but we know it fairly soon. Strange things start happening in town. There's a murder-suicide that's kind of off-screen off uh, where a mom killed her teenage son um, and then killed herself, and she worked for I'm Tech. And then uh, in the classroom one day where Lucy, our, our point-of-view character, our protagonist, is attending school with her best friend Bucket. They are the only two brown kids in class or in the school, conceivably. Um, let's see. Uh, a kid kind of... <laughs> kind of goes insane in class, uh, gouges one student's eyeball out with his thumb in a very graphic scene, and then when the, when the teacher pepper sprays him, he beats the teacher to death with a, with a pre-calculus textbook before um, armed goons storm in with purple smoke, and uh, nobody, nobody really knows what happened. Flash forward to uh, Lucy with some PTSD. She already had some PTSD, and uh, she goes to a party with some, some friends, one of them being Bucket, and it's the end of the end of their junior year. She and Bucket are looking forward to getting the hell out of this podunk town, which they're probably never going to do because the apocalypse starts up as uh, more and more kids go insane at this party. It spills over into the town. There's a there's a police cordon. It's something infectious. It's pretty apparent <laughs> what's going on very very soon. And it's the not just the end of humanity. It's the end of the world. And can they can they stop it in time? And will you be hooked enough to to give a shit? Find out. Read the loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson. Probably, probably not. <laughs> Although I, well, I, I'm actually really surprised to discover that you were not a fan of this book. J- just because, like, I know, I know, I know why I'm not a fan of this book. Mm-hmm. But it feels like this is the kind of book that hits the right notes for you and not for me. Well, so so, so I'll tell you. So, so at the end of the book, I was I I had the whole, what the hell was that thing going on? And then he thinks. He thanks um, a number of people. And I, I, I've started reading these things for insights into the book. And one guy he thanks is John Skip. You ever heard of John Skip? No. So John Skip and Craig Spector, back in the 80s, when I was still reading a lot of horror, did an anthology and several novels, but and, and, and probably short stories that I don't remember, but they did an anthology called Splatterpunks. And it was all super mm-hmm. gory horror. And it was like, it was like direct-to-VHS horror movies of the time. It just, yeah. it just, like celebrated gore like mm-hmm. to, to a huge extent um, and it was kind of fun it was kind of dumb but it was kind of fun very very visceral sure. uh, descriptions of things and when I saw that I thought oh this is a splatterpunk novel nobody wants to say that now because 
How would you right. how would you market that right now? Splatterpunk is not a big I, thing. Right. I found a guy online who who called it that. Um, because I I had to look up uh, uh someone summarizing this book in order to help me process because I it, it's so dense. This book is yeah, extremely yeah, yeah. dense. and and if you actually sit down and read it. It, it, there's no good reason why it's dense right. because it's actually extremely straightforward, but it's just told in such a obtuse way. Well, well, it's it's it, it's splatterpunk, and it's kind of like the new weird, some of that new weird fiction that I do enjoy reading from mm-hmm. time to time. But it's got to be marketed as that. Like you can't you can't have a, a new weird book that's marketed as uh, mainstream fiction. It doesn't really work. You, you know what I mean? Um, right. But if I'd known if so, I'd known so, it kind of veered toward new weird and it was just about the gore, I'd have enjoyed this book because the visceral descriptions of what's happening are are hilarious and kind of entertaining. Right. And if it was a slasher I movie, like, I would be like, fine, you know. Yeah, that's my thing. So like when when the actual gore and the horror starts, I I'm super into that. I love body horror. Like I love you know I I love watching a gory violent movie. But this one really drops the ball on. I think why people like that. I I, it, I, uh, I I don't I don't you think you think it doesn't succeed at that? Well, it has gore, but I think that there's a couple things going on. One of which I think if this were adapted to a movie, mm-hmm. I think it'd be an okay movie. I, right, it could be great to I, watch, I, great fun to watch. Right, because the things about it that aren't working as a novel aren't there in the movie. Like the narrator isn't a problem in the movie. Right, right. The, right. the movie won't be narrated. That's a huge problem I have with this book is the narration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, and me, me too. Me too. It's it's just more entertaining to watch violence <laughs> in front of you on a screen than it is to read about it. Well, it, like, it, it'd be a great video game. It'd be a great short story. It'd be a great oh, sure. movie. Um, I kind of started trying to read it as a parody of a young adult novel too, because <laughs> sure, because it it has all these these things that it throws into the air that it doesn't really succeed in in pulling off. Like it it doesn't make me care. I don't care about Lucy who is an orphan from Peru and has these adopted Thank parents. You. And, Thank you. I hate, I hate all of these characters. Her I friend, her them. friend bucket, like nothing is done with the racist stuff, except for there's some terrible racist jokes in here. And then the romance, the teen romance is su- such a parody of teen romance. It's so stupid. Like she kisses this guy who she doesn't like, and suddenly she'll do anything mm-hmm. for him. And you're like, I don't yeah. understand what's happening. She, right. She's like obsessed with him. And he is such a toad of a person. Like <laughs> He's a total loser. It's hilarious. Uh, everything about it is yeah like one of the first things that happens in the book is he just eats like a giant handful of magic mushrooms while driving which d- <laughs> right in a car full of empty beer cans you're like i don't understand right yeah before i knew this book was i was like oh they're dead like, okay this is this is what's happening and maybe yeah. they're trying to play into that horror movie trope of like ah, oh, the kids at the summer camp are having sex and now jason's gonna kill them and you know well, uh, you you did bad things did you ever read, did you ever read Joe R. Lansdale's uh, The Drive-In? Uh, can't say that I did. Oh, you should totally pick that book up. That that book is just insane from the word go like this. There's a lot of characters who exist only to be made into meat. Like, every time a name was mentioned in this book, I didn't even know why I was getting to know the character. Like, they were so going to die, right? It didn't It didn't matter. Yeah. And I'm just trying, I'm juggling all these names, and I'm like, oh, that guy's got an eye patch. At least he's, he's, um, I I know that I, every time... Every time we read a book, the, the, you know, I say a lot of similar things with regards to the kinds of books that I like and the kinds of books I don't like. I think this one is a pretty good kind of case study. Um, so, you know, it's very similar <clears throat> to, say, a John Carpenter movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all, it's all, it's all latex and no CGI, right? <laughs> right. There's, there's big John Carpenter energy in here. 
But one of the things that I love about John Carpenter movies that that the, this book does the opposite of. So John Carpenter movies, they're not character stuff. We have main characters, but they they almost don't matter, right? They they only matter in that they throw punches and that they blow things up. Well, they 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 matter just enough, like Kurt Russell's character they, in the thing, or like Roddy Piper's character yes. in They Live. They matter just enough. Oh, this is like like they're very one note, right? They can be two notes, right? But they could they could be anybody. Um, uh, I don't I don't I, I don't know like, if that's ca- the case. Like like look at Big Trouble in Little China. Like Jack Burton's got to be Jack Burton, right? <laughs> well, but he's the sidekick of his own movie. Like yeah yeah I I I don't, I don't I'm not I'm not saying that Kurt Russell's extremely entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Well, Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. I mean, come on. There's there's all these great Carpenter characters. I mean, Snake Plissken is the most is the most like actual character that those movies ever got. Although Judd Carpenter did Starman, right? Like that that has that's more of a character study. Did I'll, he, I'll... Starman him too. I think so. Yeah. Oh, I do not like that movie. But that's um, <laughs> you don't like Starman? Not really. No. The I Jeff Bridges Starman. movie. No. Oh. Ugh. Yeah, Starman's great. No, no, no. Whatever. No. Um, <laughs> so okay, so the, the, this movie, or, sorry, this book, The Loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson, follows it follows a loop, ironically, where the kids are freaked out, and then uh they lucy has a an inner monologue about how she's freaked out and then she like relives her entire life every five minutes oh my gosh no kidding and then another bad thing happens somebody explodes or is beaten to death with a wrench and then she relives her entire life again and and it's so frustrating because if this were kurt russell as a john carpenter character it would be this like no time to care we we got to get moving like but like half of this book is just this character of lucy just being like and that's when i remember the the faces of everyone i ever known and now they're pulled and they're made into pulp well there's two very strange reveals going on over over time in this book like like one of them is lucy's past which i mean we know she's an orphan we know she had some trauma she has some ptsd her parents were shitty and they were killed we slowly find out that they were alcoholics and she was on the street a lot and that there was a fatal car accident, and then she was on the street, and then these people, are, right, from Peru. We think she's Mexican yeah. at school. It's just shitty. And that's a slow reveal. That's it, There's no reason for the slow reveal. It's very strange. Um, right. It, it's out. It's dumb. And then the other slow reveal is, like, what is going on in the town, like what the apocalypse is. Yes. Which is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty plain if you've ever seen a horror movie in the first scene. <laughs> Like it doesn't like like I don't I don't need this guy Steve who works for Imtech to come in and start apologizing to everybody, like uh, halfway. I mean through the, the only movie, the or halfway through the right book. the only important piece of information he ever gave was they used octopus DNA which, whatever we knew that beforehand. I mean there was clearly oct- octopi things going on. They were they were jumping out of everybody's skin and skulls and whatever. <laughs> I mean, like like at, so the, in the in the first in the first scene in school. Like when the guy Chris goes crazy, um, he he starts kind of talking about things that are on other people's cell phones. His eyes mm-hmm. go super blue. Uh, something in his in his neck bites the teacher. Right, he's holding his neck. He's got the neck problems. He jumps on Jake. He plunges his thumb into Jake's eye, and he says something like, "Override protocol failed. Ops dispatched." So we know there's right, something going right. on. Like okay, the teacher pepper sprays him, and then he says, "They said I would be smarter, but they lied to me." And then as he's killing the teacher with the pre-calculus book, he said, this makes it stop. This is real. Beats him to death. And then he looks up at everybody and says, we are all going to be okay. And that's that's pretty much all you need to know to make any sense of this thing, right? Right, right. Like, I don't I don't need Lucy well, to find Steve later on, who's lost his whole family in a really grisly fashion and whatever. It's like, oh. Can I also, um, can I say that, so the, the Lucy being Peruvian... 
uh, is part of maybe the worst foreshadowing slash metaphor of any book ever. Tell me. that. Well, there's this part pretty early on where she's talking with, I think, Brewer about um, the Boto, which is a, uh, oh, a mythological creature. <laughs> yeah, so it's this it's this dolphin shapeshifter, right? And and Lucy talks about how when she was a kid that uh, she wished that the Boto would come and take her and make her into a Boto because they're kind of like where are vampires in that they... And then, you know, by the end of the book, everyone is has been taken over by this monstrous machine octopus, uh, you know, amalgam. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, those things aren't actually comparable. <laughs> the well, idea of a, well, well, so, of so, a so, dolphin that... So, so the Boto comes out of the river, and it becomes a person, and then you fuck it. And right. if nobody... If, right. if, if people catch you fucking it, it turns back into a dolphin, goes back into the river... But if nobody catches you fucking it, you get pregnant, and then you have a boto, and it goes into the river. So it doesn't, right? Right? Something like that. No, right. And also, presumably, the boto is kind of nice to you, whereas this is. I hope like, so. This is just the opposite. I was hoping the boto way. was good in bed or wherever you're doing it. Good in the forest? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can, 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 right. can, I, can I talk about some of the specifics that made me cringe here, like the the teen shit? Yeah. Like, like this book is oh, so absolutely. this book is so sex obsessed. It can only exist as a horror movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. like Bucket just wants to get I laid hate. so bad. Uh, he, yeah. he and, uh, Lucy in the second scene go to a place called the exchange, which is a old style record store. There's a woman named Tony who is flirting with Bucket, who, um, maybe is an exotic dancer. And then, um, she's gone. And then Bucket goes up to buy a bumper sticker. Do you remember the, the classic bumper sticker Bucket is trying to buy from, from the dude who works uh- there? There's so much information in this book. I think it's something like, you know, if the van's a knocking, don't, or whatever. Oh, it, is, it is along those lines. It says, Pipe Layers Union. Right. And then Lucy, in her point of view, says, Bucket likes it because it's subtle. Something like that. And Bucket says, if it was honest, it would say, 10-inch pussy wrecker, which is great. Which is great. I'm like, oh, I do not know what the fuck this book is right now. Uh, there's a cat. There's a story of a cat being killed with rocks. There's a sick cat in this record yeah. store. We find out about Lucy's PTSD. I don't know. Right. So right. So the character of Brewer, who is uh, one of our one of our protagonists, he's maybe the closest thing to our Kurt Russell in this weird book. <laughs> uh, he spends a lot of the early chapters when he after downing all these magic mushrooms while driving. Was well, the scene three? He goes this on scene these, three when he, when he, he picks her he up. He goes on like four. He goes on like four monologues where he's just describing man's cruelty to man in the form of like the the high school football team beating up kids and and killing innocent animals and like just oh. over and over and it's like okay i think we get it the the teenagers are bad and you're one of the good ones because you know what it's like to to be hurt yeah he's poor he's poor it's very it's very important that he's poor and 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 it's and, laid and, on so thick and is every he's every um every stereotype of a trailer trash kid right <laughs> except for he's kind of nice i think do you think the um bucket likes it because it's subtle wine is in reference to the author because because literally nothing about this book is subtle. no I, I think the author was having a good time i mean i mean and, and i and i think in some way it's kind of it's kind of so over the top it's funny it really is this homage to these direct to to uh to video like horror t- films that often had some teenage sex in them as an excuse to show some boobies on on the on the small but, screen right but but i well i i agree with you so sort of except that I think that if you were 
if that was the thing that you were going for, and I do think that he was for it, but then you should have had that be mirrored in the narration. Like you should have had the narrator. Like I, I don't think it should have been narrated by by Lucy. I think it, there should have been a third person. Uh, I mean, it, it, I guess it, it was third person limited. Right? Well, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know why you don't have uh, like like. I mean, I mean, Lucy is, you know, a horny teenager, but she's not quite as horny as the as the boys around her are horny in the same way. It, it, it's not right. it's not much of a complaint, but it's just not it's just that her point of view isn't incredibly compelling in the midst of all this sex stuff. She doesn't really speak to it. She just kind of in, in engages uh, in I'm, it. Or well, I'm not just talking it. about it's very strange. I'm not talking about the sex necessarily. I just mean in terms. Why isn't it faster, snappier? Why isn't yeah, yeah, like yeah. why 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 is there more inner dialogue than action in this book? No, I like, I, I, I I agree. I think it would have been better without seeing anybody's interior life. Like it just doesn't really matter um, to me either. But like 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 if the character you know if the characters react to bad things happening, then they should be reacting absolutely. externally. Absolutely, this would work as a comic too because it would be just it would just be going and like right. no no thought balloons would be better. Do you remember the conversation they have <laughs> in the truck on the way to the cave where the party is going to be and where all sh- all hell breaks loose? Do you remember the conversation? Well, they've got like a billion conversations. Yeah, but this was like this was the, the one that I was like, oh my god, what what the like? Uh, so after after Brewer does the mushrooms, yeah, they start talking about Tina, the Christian girl who wants to keep her virginity. Remember that one? Oh right, right. <laughs> and they start talking like how she she lets some guy. Uh, she has anal sex with some guy, and they start talking about it as if it's a video game, and it's a it's a bonus level. I think that's Brewer. I can't remember. Right. Uh, some of that stuff I thought was funny. You know, th- th- there's a couple of lines that are that are humorous. Um, it's weird that I remember this, but there's a part where uh, Brewer and is making Bucket do a, a fist bump, and he's you know he's holding his fist out for a little while before uh, Bucket finally does it, and Brewer's like. You gotta be faster on that one, man. It was building up like could have gone Nova. Like th- that stuff is funny. It's a little funny, um, right? That th- that was the kind of teenager stuff that I I could use more of. Instead, like I you know I've seen people talking about this book online, being like, "Well, these characters are very realistic. They're very believable." And it's like, yeah, well, they they are believable, but like I don't care. Like the characters in uh. Well, I was going to say the characters in a John Carpenter movie aren't believable. In a way, they they kind of are. Like, if you watch They Live, maybe having two, like, wrestlers uh, fight the alien confederacy is not believable. But also, I don't care. <laughs> right? What, what, what's, what's that book I read where the the um, all the characters are teenage witches and, and at the beginning one of them loses control of their... Um, powers right and, you're obsessed and, with that one and the guy's um, dick explodes and kills him <laughs> like, isn't that that was by the same woman or uh, the same non-binary person who wrote that clone book that i hated so much sarah yeah. something yeah sarah oh, it's gonna bug me hold on i can't believe i can't remember this this is this is how bad a librarian i've become at this point oh sarah gailey yeah sarah gailey when we were magic is the book i was right it, is Sarah Gailey also the person who um, wrote that hippo book you like yes, so much? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I, I didn't like that either. Oh. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> so Gailey, anyway. one, of my, one of my favorite um, favorite writers working right now. Um, now, can, uh, can you explain something to me? Because, like I was saying, this book is so dense with so much stuff. How did the, the thing, the, the monster in this book is called the Oracle. I think we have to, part... I think we have to, hold, hold on one second. So, so I think we have to talk about how, all hell breaks loose, and then we should talk about then whatever question you have. I will answer. Well, that's well, that's what I want to know is how, how did it get in everybody to begin with? Because oh. I don't remember. Oh, so I There's... so so it's it's not exactly clear, but I think 
I think iMTech developed, there's a press release in there or like something from a, from a news article. And then you have to put together the transcripts from the Night Watchman uh, podcast as well, which is kind of a conspiracy theory based podcast that just happens to be right about everything that's happening in small town in Oregon. <laughs> um, Coincidence. So, so they started experimenting on some of the kids by putting these octopuses things into their brain. It was a little device. They put it into the back of their neck and then it unfurls over, over their brain. Nothing bad can obviously happen. Um, well, but how do you how do you get an octopus in somebody's neck without them knowing? That's what I don't. Well, get. no, they knew, but like that kid at the beginning said, it was supposed to help my intelligence. It was supposed to, you know, they said it would make me smarter, but they lied to me. Like, and and uh, what Steve tells us later on, uh, the guy who worked at IMTech and worked on this, is that basically, um, you know, there, it was going to be this huge source of social engineering. They could maybe stop crimes before they were committed. They could boost everybody's intelligence, take away their anxiety. Um, like kind of addiction, depression, pain—they could handle everything. It was just—it was just like going to be this thing to optimize people. And it sounds like the FDA. I remember at some point they talked about the FDA just letting them go ahead with it. Um, and so they put it into some of the kids, and then whatever they had—they must have had some central server that's obviously communicating with everybody, could link together. But then I think one of the like like somehow it became parasitic and kind of broke loose really fast. And there was this guy who had it who was having sex with girls. But apparently it wasn't real sex. We find out he was just impregnating them with, with parasites, which they rupture. And whatever was left of them is, is what is on the ceiling of the cave uh, at, this, right. at this party in uh, East Bear, East Bear Cave. Um, which, uh, I guess, as like as after they arrive, what, like, um, Bucket is attracted to this girl, Ashley Jorgensen. And um, Lucy and Brewer kind of go off together into this cave. And uh, Lucy loses Brewer for a minute. Then she finds him, and he takes her through this really small opening into this place where all this craziness is happening. It looks like a scene out of Alien, um, and everybody has blue eyes, and they all turn toward them, and they actually they seem to kill Bucket, but he survives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lucy escapes back into the cave to find um, every everything has gone crazy. There's gunshots, and there's people eating each other, and just tearing. It's it's like it's like a zombie massacre, right? And uh, the girl that. Um, bucket was into ashley is now is on bucket trying to eat his face or something she's like chewing his lip like but actually hurting him like like she's put him down this is not before um jake the guy with the eye patch whose eye was gouged out is there and all the cheerleaders are into him and and bucket loves the eye patch like and he calls it a pussy magnet the eye patch is a pussy magnet which awesome and uh bucket would basically change trade his eye for an eye patch just to to have the girls pay some attention to it um but Ashley Jorgensen is on Bucket, and Lucy kills Ashley with a rock, because Lucy's a badass. Right, right. And, and, and Bucket has a heart on, even as he was being killed, <laughs> because he was so into Ashley that this was hot. Do you remember that? I remember, I remember that the, uh, Lucy killing Ashley was, was sort of the inciting incident of the book, really, and, and how it was also the beginning of the end of... She probably spent a whole chapter just over like thinking too hard about how she killed Ashley and yeah. like the book just turned to molasses. It just became impenetrable to me. Well, it, it, it does. Like, and it's, it, it's got some strange, some str- like, like, like they, they drive away bucket and Lucy and, and they see like a carload of kids have like made an ambulance go off the road and flip over and they're going at it. Like they have the blue eyes and they're going at it with like hammers and knives and whatever they have. And they're clearly going to enter the, the, ambulance and kill the people like the world has gone insane right and they're going to lucy's house to save her adopted parents and they get there and they find that there's also 
I'm not quite sure how this works. There's a TV signal. It's over radio. It's over every every broadcast medium, and it's it's fucked up her uh, parents' minds. So they're just drooling mm-hmm. idiots, and so they go there to save them, but they can't do anything but put them in bed and leave them, right? <laughs> yeah. Like like, and then they and then they. I think Brewer joins them up soon, and they get back in the car to go to Bucket's parents' house. They're gonna try to save his parents, and uh, there's there's this really long car chase where. Nobody can shoot straight, and maybe they're not shooting straight because they want to infect them. They're not sure what's happening. There's little octopus things screaming on the back of people's necks. And I think, I think, what's what happens at Bucket's house? Is it just burned down? Is everybody just dead? I, I think that's what I remember. I I couldn't tell you. There, there's so much that happens. Half of the characters in the, I don't know the names of. And then there's another car chase. It, this... And then they go back to the they go back to the record store. They end up at the record store. Yeah. You know. I I, w- I got into it a little bit later when like m- it becomes more body horror like when when it's just people running around beating each other up with golf clubs and frying pans that's that's whatever that doesn't really do it for me yeah yeah like there's a part th- th- there's a part that I did enjoy where it's like a reverend is describing you know that the devil made him see like everyone's skin fall off and they turn into <laughs> slugs and. They like fuse on this cave wall and oh. see that I'm into. And honestly, to me, I'm like, why isn't the whole book just that? It reminds me of watching like a Godzilla movie and you have to spend, you know, four fifths of the movie just watching a bunch of people sitting around yeah, talking yeah. about the problem. And then you get a little bit of Godzilla action. Well, there's like there's like three levels of body horror. There's like there's like the level of body horror where these people have this thing in their brain and it's like it's like making them try to get a dopamine rush. And I don't know why right. killing satisfies that. It doesn't make much sense to me. It seems like they would want to infect people instead of kill them, but whatever. Um, right. Like, like the sex thing makes sense because it's it's propagating through sex as well. But so so that's horrific. And and like there's this girl Marisol who's kind of fighting it off a little bit, but not really. She's like only one of her eyes is blue. Uh, and and Steve is doing the Did big you... explaining this explaining scene. Uh, Tony's there. Bucket's dying because he was. In a car accident, like there was a car. I don't know. It's it, it's it's so. Did you ever uh, did you ever see James Gunn's Slither? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great movie. It's got, it's got Nathan Fillion in yeah. it. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, I love I love that movie. Like yeah, yeah. to me, Slither is absolutely like what I wanted out of this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. some great character actors. Well, in what, this movie. what I really wanted was a campy time travel book. Uh, but I love Slither and and. It, it's just, just so painful to me all of the ways in which like it could have been Slither and it fails to to deliver on that. You well, know, well, I think I think the first level of, so the first level is what I just said. The second level is that at some point some kind of alien like thing lives in these kids, right? Is that is that like it erupts in their bodies and then there's like this alien big kind of torso looking tongue looking thing, but it's black and purple. Right. Well, it's a big octopus tentacle, right? Or something. Um, and then there's also the level of somehow they're impregnated and they're like spider sized octopi that just sp- spread out from the fr- like erupt from the mouth right. or from wherever in the it, body so like bodies just ripping apart a, it, and it's something that d- bothered me about this is that um like clearly the author has put a lot of thought into this but they it doesn't feel like to me as the outsider that there are any real rules to what's happening mm-hmm. that like like the oracle can just make your body do whatever like you can just turn into an octopus you can 
uh, eat, have octopus tentacles that go off as, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the, the way that octopuses, uh, uh, breed is the, the, the male octopus like shoots off a tentacle as a, as a penis, basically like it's full of sperm. Right, 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 right. And so like that happens several times in the book where it's like, oh no, it's one of the sperm laden tentacles is coming at you. Like in, in a way I kind of would prefer if this had just been like, like extreme, like if it took itself less seriously, and it was yeah, just like, yeah, oh yeah. no, we mix, we mix, we mixed octopus DNA with with frog DNA, and now <laughs> the whole town is octopus. Like the fact that it's, yeah, it, yeah. it takes itself a little too seriously for considering how nonsense it is. Well, I, yeah, I, I wish there was no explanation. You you don't need it. I, I kind of I kind of wish the TV thing hadn't happened. I don't understand what's going on there. And it's it's weird too because you know I am of the opinion that good horror is about stuff. Um, and, and it's, you know, this book is at its base level, it is anti-capitalist, you know, it, it, it when it's talking about the, the biotech industry, it is anti-violence, you know, there, there's, but it's, it does so in such a Saturday morning or in a Saturday afternoon, what am I trying, afternoon special, what, you know what I'm talking about, after school special, after school, after school special, special yeah, is yeah. the word that I was hunting for. It does so in such an after school special way, but with no real sense of self-awareness. Well, it's it, it's it's so it's so explainy in the middle part that that I, I mean I, I don't like that very much as as you know. Yeah, I it, felt it, like it does the, take itself very seriously. Yeah, it's explainy and yet and yet at the same time, none of my questions get answered, and it's which I'm not saying that I, I like it's just explaining in wrong ways. I think. Well, I don't even think it fails um, as being anti-cap or even succeeds as being anti-capitalist per se. Like no, not particularly. No, um, it could have been. It could have done better. Yeah, I, I mean. It, like, like I, I'm trying stuff, to throw all, the book a bone. Well, I mean, I just, I just mean all that stuff doesn't matter. Like, like pared down, this is an amazing novella to me. It's an amazingly fun novella mm. um, that doesn't really care too much about uh, where Lucy's from or what trauma is in her brain. And it doesn't, you know, I mean, like, like you can have the teen romance there. You can have just this misguided teen romance at the end of the world. It's totally fine. <laughs> That's all they have left, right? I mean... Yeah. You, you can throw a sex scene in there and, and do whatever you want with it, but it's it's just well, I, I don't I don't understand. In terms of just in terms of just writing notes, there's a lot of descriptions in this book that really irk me. Like I would I would read it and then I would go like, come on, where it would be like Lucy watched you know so and so's eyes glisten as they exploded like the first dawn off of a newborn calf's head or whatever. <laughs> like it well, it's like this hyper poetic way of describing something gross, which is is sort of theoretically interesting, but it totally breaks yeah. any form of immersion that one might have. It 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 feels very much like the like the writer is stepping in and be like, "Aren't I cool? Aren't I great?" Yeah, yeah, but I think that um, I think that's the fun of splatterpunk. It's just you're just like you just and and the new weird. The new weird is just like like new weird fiction is is so it's so self aware. That's what I don't. Yeah, but that would be like that would be like if we were watching James Gunn Slither and one of the characters stopped and was like, "This is like a Hitchcock film." Like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but but I I um, I think it's potentially more fun. You know, uh, like like I I just wish I wish the book had a different cover and a different bit of marketing, but. <laughs> You know, good, good for yeah. I wish I hadn't bought it. <laughs> well, but but good for good for Johnson for for having a book try to go mainstream. You know, somebody at a mainstream publisher saw this and uh, was like, oh, you know, we don't. This isn't like, like those those new weird books, those horror books. They don't pay anything, right? What, I'm, I'm, sure uh, the I, I'm really better. curious about. I I I think I know what you're talking about when you say new weird. But can you provide me with an example? Because I I'd, I'd like to 
be able to um, wrap my head around. Do you remember that weird that weird uh, choose your own adventure novel I have? It's called Choose Your Own Mind Fuckfest, like number eighteen, I think it is. Ocean of Lard. Do you remember that? <laughs> or that is that is that what we're talking about? Well, I mean, I mean, th- that's an example of it, right? It it it's, it's just as like it's like a literary subgenre that that really is about language and is that is that literary (laughs) well no no no. i mean i mean literary in the sense that it's literature right it's a it's fiction it's it's um Uh i mean i mean it's not because it's a uh choose your own adventure parody but it's because it's because it's just kind of like it's got it's got it's it's usually a type of horror or weirdness that's kind of it doesn't quite fit as being actual horror or actual an actual literary novel. It's kind of a stunt. Like like the other one is. Uh, let me see if I have it. <laughs> I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. Cause I don't want to get this wrong. The, my, my this is my favorite. The favorite. My, my favorite uh, weird novel is by the same person. It's by. Um, let me make sure I get his name right. I haven't read one of his books in a while. It's by Carlton Mellick the uh, Third, who also wrote that Choose Your Own Mind Fuckfest book. Uh, it's called The Cobalt Wizard's Dildo of Enlightenment Plus Two, an adventure for three to six players, levels two to five. Have I have I told you about I mean, this that's... book before? No, but like, how how can you compare that to the book that we read? Because because it, it because it's re, it's ridiculous, and it's just kind of like revels in its own ridiculousness. And I think, I think if this book reveled in its ridiculousness and its weirdness to some extent. But you, the the one you just described to me, the plus three dildo, like that's not that doesn't take itself seriously. Like it sounds funny, but no, it no, 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 like no, someone... no. I'm saying I'm saying that like that this stuff is all kind of it it, it verges on parody. It 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 embraces its weirdness. It's very self aware of. of of how strange it is okay well but does okay so i mean is new weird only describing books like is an adult swim cartoon i don't i don't know i i, I don't know like i i mean it, it it's not a label i completely understand and it's not it's not a subgenre i've read enough of to um <laughs> to probably have this conversation about it's not it's not um am i new weird i i, I make a weird comic book i mean you 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 could be but you're not let me let me see some of the titles I've got. Hold on a second. I've got a couple of these books. Uh, I, I feel like some haunted skulls are comparable with. Uh... I actually have one of uh, John Skip's books here. It's called The Emerald Burrito of Oz. Okay. And it's it's I don't know. It's it's about Oz, and I I can't remember what the pitch was. And I've got another one called uh, Island of the Super People, which is uh-huh. is very that strange. one's actually the most normal title you've said so far. It, it, well, there's are you one, familiar there's... with? Um... Are you familiar with Chuck Tingle's works? Yeah, 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 yeah. But Chuck Tingle's like should, like like fake we, pornography, right? Uh, well, kind of, yeah. Chuck, Ting- we should, Chuck uh, Tingle. We should we, we should read a Chuck Tingle for our next one, actually. Chuck Tingle's writing uh, a novel or has written a novel for Tor that's coming out this year. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think I have a uh, copy of it on my computer. Copy. We'll oh, we to, should. Uh, we'll have to see if we, we should start. read that for the next podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I, we already have our next book. No, I would. Out. We. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. We got the next two because I I needed a list from you. But we can make that number three. That'd be fine. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. Like, 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 can I tell you what this, what, what the, what the headline, the mini review was on the this library website? Sure. They called this "Stranger Things meets Rogue One: An Entertaining Grotesque Teen Nightmare." On, that was from the Kirkus Review. Isn't that strange? Where do you, where do you think they get Rogue One? I think because of the end. Because they just well, but that's a terrible. Isn't it terrible? Comparison. Yeah. Well, compare it to um, compare it to the thing where they all die at the end like there's so many like the idea that rogue one is like you know famous for them dying at the end that's not a new thing pull from other sources i do think that um i think the stranger things comparison is it it's kind of correct in that it's 
in that they like and i say this as someone who likes stranger things but i think they share similar flaws and so i would i would make that comparison but um unlike like it's not fun in the way that stranger things is like you know at least stranger things has a has a couple jokes thrown in it actually has a lot of jokes thrown in this one is so dry by comparison, you know. Yeah. Well. Oh. And, and so I'm looking at I'm looking at this press. And so Eraserhead Press is kind of my my go-to for the kind of genre I was talking about, and I should probably call it Bizarro Fiction instead of the New Weird. The New Weird is probably more, maybe it's more Jeff Vandermeer. I'm not. Uh, okay. See that. Th- well, and you know, I could see comparing this to Jeff Vandermeer. Um, uh, I yeah. I don't know. Oh, Carlton Carlton uh, Melick the Third has a new release called Full Metal Octopus. Well, that if that if that's not a read alike for this, I don't know what is. I may have to read that. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that so at the beginning of this book, and I didn't know what what it was going in. You know, I had an idea of what it was going to be from the cover, like a like a like a child, and uh, I was wrong. And but once, like, it I felt like I had to get to the halfway point of this book where I was like, oh, there's some cool body horror stuff. I like octopus monsters, like. I, I, I wanted that. I wanted that earlier. I wanted more of it. I feel like this book could have been great. I feel like it could have been a book that I really liked. <laughs> and I'm upset that it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think, we're, I think we're on the same page then. Because I, I feel like, like I said, like minus the explainy stuff, like minus the, minus the character stuff. Like, I just think there's a real fun yeah. B-movie, you know? Right. And, I, I want it to be more B-movie yeah. and less, like... I, I w- as I was reading it, I was thinking this is this is basically a character study. But it, well, it's not even a very good character study because Lucy's n- not a very good character. It, there's a scene, um, and this isn't a Lucy thing, but there's a scene. Uh, it's in the like the last quarter of the book where we finally get to Brewer's house for whatever, and Brewer's telling Lucy like at this point they've killed a hundred people. They've seen everyone they care about's heads explode. Is, is that before and, after Brewer has killed the little kid? The infected little kid with an axe and her head has gone I, I, tumbling away. I don't know, but but they're going into Brewer's home and Brewer stops Lucy's like, before we go in, I gotta tell you, my fam's very poor. And it's just not a very nice house. And and it's so that that part felt so extremely after school special because then we immediately cut to narrator Lucy saying, Oh, poor Brewer. Yes. He's had this ingrained in him for so long. He's at the, he's still Thinking and and I'm screaming at the author in the book like, no, they've they're covered in blood. They're covered in their right. own feces. Everyone is dead. They nobody cares. These characters shouldn't care. It, like, Hallelujah. could you could you imagine watching a John Carpenter movie? Could you imagine watching Season of the Witch? And at one point they just stop and be like, we don't have a lot of money anyway. All these children are turning into snakes. Like. <laughs> it's madness <laughs> it is absolutely madness that you think and, and, and well it's like you i was saying earlier like is it anti-capitalist a little bit but but you're right it's not very much and and so it's like what is the author saying about class consciousness when when it's like oh the poor kid is still ashamed of being poor when he's dying when he's about to have a nuclear bomb dropped on him like that's not that doesn't make your book smart. It just makes you seem like you don't, like you failed at the character study aspect of your own mission here. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 very strange. I mean, it, you know, it's like, um, well, you were saying at one point that you were reading this as parody of like why, and and that I could om- that I could see, like, 
I, I don't think it is, but I had the same reaction with Gideon the Ninth, where I thought if that book had been parody, I think it would be hilarious. But it's not actually parodying anything. Huh. Yeah, I remember you we, saying we that. I remember you saying that. It, that. That's very hard to relate to for me because that book works like as it as it exists. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like we're on the same page ish on this. I don't know. Yeah. It's, this is a weird thing to agree with. I mean, like. Right. Um, I. I. Yeah. We're both surprised by it. Uh, but yeah, neither of us book very much. There's a. I'm looking at Eraserhead Press's website right now. There's a. There's a, there's a book called Snap Crackle Fuck You. <laughs> Does it have the serial mascots? Yes, it, it does. Like... Yeah, or versions <laughs> of them. I I feel like having the serial mascots is the only version of that that's actually funny. There's another, right? there's another book called Space it... Walrus, where no walrus has gone before. Okay, that one's not quite there. Oh, I love this. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Kingdom. Just the the titles are great. Kingdom of Teeth, the Kaiju Kid, everybody lies in hell. <laughs> Well, see, Kingdom of Teeth is funny to me because that's almost identical to a book you actually love that we just referenced, uh, River of Tea. Like, right, right, right. Kingdom of Kingdom of Teeth actually doesn't sound that absurd as a book title compared to books that I know you like. Let's see if it's. Let's see if it's. Are any of them? Uh, let's see if it's. Let's not, see if it, uh, hold on, I've lost that. I, I'm, I'm gonna see. If, I'm gonna make sure it's not a version of that. Is there, is there a hippo on the cover? I don't say this. No. I don't say this to wound you or belittle you. Do they have any books about uh, having breakfast? About what? <laughs> there was an episode several episodes ago now where i said you like books about people having breakfast well that, that snap crackle snap personal. crackle fuck you is part of a balanced breakfast it says oh okay so i'm very excited about that oh, oh this is i may have to i may have to look up some of these books i was at a i was at a literary conference where i had a booth five or six years ago that really was it was the wrong place for me to be trying to have library comic stuff um it was a lot of literary journals and people walking around asking me if I published poetry, which, which I had to say no. And then I would explain what, what I did, and they would, I would just watch their eyes glaze over. And Eraserhead Press was there with a bunch of their books. And it was like, like they were just the highlight for me. I wandered around a little, and I must have left with like eight books at the end uh, that I bought mm-hmm. from them. They were just so fun. And, and one of them I remember was Stop a Bear, or like something like Stop a Bear is Eating Me. I can't remember. Maybe that wasn't Eraserhead <laughs> Press. Maybe that was the other weird press that was there. I just had such uh-huh. such a good time browsing their stuff in the midst of all this other craziness. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, except for I'm still looking at their titles. I think uh, I think you and I have exhausted the loop by Jeremy Robert Johnson. Okay. All right. If you have a book we should try, uh, you can email us at uh, we should consider talking about. Email us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, anything else, Willow? Uh, uh, go read The Haunted Skull. Go read Library Comic. Read a good book. www.hauntedskull.com. All right. Uh, take care. Talk to you next time. Keep stabbing. Keep stabbing.